Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to work. And we got to have fun with it. It's going to work. I I really don't know if this intro is going to work. It's going to work. Just trust me. Formula One is back again. Lots of race setting pace. We're ready for the new year. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Mercedes is looking rough, very tough. Just our luck. Hamilton could be the best. Will he win number eight? Max is going for the lead. Can he win? Oops, he spin. McLaren's car's looking sharp. Watch Lando fly. Lots of drivers in new seats. Sergio, Ricardo, will Carlos outshine Leclerc? Who knows, who knows, who knows? Haas has a whole new lineup. Or money, legacy. Williams under new owners. Will George I get a shot? Many races to enjoy. 23, soon to be, who's ready for the season? We know we freaking are. Hello and welcome to another edition of Off the Pit Wall, an American F1 podcast. And Hunter, it's time to talk about two things. First off, we got to recap our neighbors to the south, and then we got to preview our neighbors even further south. Yes, we need to recap what was a pretty interesting race from start to finish. It's one of those tracks where a lot of passing doesn't necessarily happen. You need a pretty big speed differential to be able to make a pass. But with that said, it still was a pretty interesting race. Yeah, and of course, you were talking about the 2021 Mexico City Grand Prix, for those of you who could not gather it from context clues. And I I would agree with you. Of course, we are going to be talking about the upcoming race this weekend, Interlagos, a little bit later on. But let's start with the recap of Mexico City, because like you, Hunter, I thought it was a really interesting race. It had a lot of interesting moments, both at the very beginning and then obviously going down the stretch of the race. We have a lot to talk about, obviously, um, and we want to get to as much as possible, so I don't want to hold up too much time. But main storyline right off the bat, congratulations to Sergio Perez, the first ever Mexican driver to lead a lap at his home Grand Prix and the first ever Mexican driver to stand on the podium at his home Grand Prix, a accomplishment that the entire country of Mexico is extremely proud of, as you could tell by the podium celebration. Yeah, it was uh, the whole atmosphere for that entire race was pretty awesome. Watching those cutaways to the fans, the close-ups, whenever Sergio would come through just on a normal lap, let alone towards the end when he was fighting with Lewis to try to get that second-place spot, I think Sergio is even quoted as saying he could actually hear them while racing. He could hear the fans. Uh, that's crazy to me with how loud it is in the car, wind rushing around, the fact that you can honestly hear the fans going through that baseball stadium section. It's just brilliant. Well, I completely believe it because, I mean, you know, you're talking about a country that has extreme passion for all of its sporting events and national sporting teams. And I mean, when it comes to Formula One, I mean, sure, it's just an individual driver. And I mean, Sergio's not even, you know, on a Mexican race team. He's on a Austrian race team, technically, in Red Bull. But still, like, he is the most prideful, or I guess, I guess, I mean, really, he's the, the first, you know, Mexican driver for in Formula One in a while. You might have to go back to, you know, the Rodriguez brothers who, you know, uh, racetrack is named after. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I think Martin Brundle said it best, uh, or uh, it might have been Crofty. One of the two of them during the broadcast said it best, and that was that the way that that stadium reacted, you would have thought Sergio won the whole damn thing. Yeah, it was it was a really cool sight to see, even from TV. It, it, it honestly was really fun to watch. 
just that that whole reaction and excitement was it, it translated through the TV, which doesn't happen a lot in, in sporting events. And when it does, it, it's it is really special. Yeah. And especially his dad celebrating. That was, you know, like that. That man could not have been any more proud of what happened there that day. So how about we uh, jump in to start talking about some of these teams, since we do have a lot to get to. Hunter, you picked out three teams. I picked out three teams. Let's go back and forth and talk about them. What is the first team that you are bringing to my attention today? So uh, it just happens to be the team that we talk about first almost every week, but almost wasn't going to be the first team we talk about this week. Mercedes, uh, 478.5 constructor points. A team you're going to talk about after me here, Red Bull, 477 and a half. One point difference. You can rewind the tapes three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whatever it was, and I said that the Constructors' Championship was dead and dusted and Mercedes had their, their ninth in a row or eighth in a row, whatever it would be. Wait, 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 um, wait, wait. Three weeks ago, you were saying this like at Spa. <laughs> you that's said- what I, that, but that's what I'm saying. It's, it's been a long time. I, time, time is a constructor. Constru- uh, Time is a construct I've yet to master. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton did everything he could, but Red Bull's pace was just simply unbelievable. And and Lewis was quoted after the race as saying, if, if Red Bull's pace is this fast going into next week, we might be in trouble. We'll, we'll, talk, about, we'll talk about Mercedes only here. Lewis got the best start he possibly could, and then kind of... Tried to fight with Max, couldn't, and then kind of that was it. But unfortunately for Valtteri Botas, it all went wrong in the first turn. It really um, went wrong. Like that first it turn. All went, yeah. Yeah, that first turn was extremely exciting. And out of all the drivers, I mean, obviously Yuki and Mick were knocked out of the whole race. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, beyond them, Botas is probably the, the next biggest loser in that first turn. Yeah, and then I think at one point Valtteri was going to be close to scoring points at the end. I, I could be completely wrong about that, but they pulled him in to steal the le- – no, he was not. He was in 11th. Turns out that that point was going to actually really matter because if it weren't for that, we would be tied right now for the constructors. Well, not even. That's insane. Not not even. Red Bull would be up by one point because that point would have gone back to Red Bull. Well, yeah, but Mercedes didn't get the point because Valtteri got the oh, fastest lap. that's a good point. Good point. You know My saying? bad. Yeah, Forget, so forgot about that. They, Forget about that. You're fine. So they saved themselves the lead with that strategy call. So even though Valtteri's whole race was ruined, he was still able to come in clutch for the team and potentially have made a championship deciding move. Not a great race for Mercedes as a whole, but great recovery, I'll say. I mean, they got P2. I'm not saying it was horrible. I'm just saying where they started on the front row lockout you would have hoped for a better finish. So with that being said, Valtteri stealing that fastest point back for the championship and then just nullifying it essentially. Uh, and Lewis holding on to second. I, I got to give him a, a B plus just for the recoveriness of it. It, it, it wasn't, it should have been way better. The weekend was looking way better for them, but a B plus. I know this is a podcast and you can't see my face right now, but I am astonished at that grade. It, too high? Yes. I'm you, saying that because they, they got the front row lockout, right? So qualify. We've always tried to, to take everything into account, not just yeah, the race. But, I know. I know. But they got the front row lockout. The first turn incident wasn't Valtteri's fault at all. So then at that point, it was a complete recovery drive for him. 
He wasn't able to get points, which is completely understandable, but he was able to help the team out in a huge way and keep the constructors lead. And their car wasn't going to be apparently race pace with that little wing error that was happening with Red Bull during qualifying. Once that was fixed, I suppose, for the race, uh, Mercedes got blown out of the water. So the fact that Lewis could hold on to second, I, I think it deserves a B plus because they kept the constructors lead. Unfortunately, though, for Lewis, he is now quick maths. 19. 2019. Yeah, thank you. 19 points behind Max Verstappen. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it down to a B. I'll take it down to a B, but I still think they deserve at least a B because they did get the front row lockout and they, they did the best they could with what happened after the first lap. I do not think that Mercedes is going to be able to hang on to this Constructors' Championship down the stretch. Part of that was the fact that Mexico, you're at high altitudes – and because of that, you're not getting as much air to cool your engines and following is terrible. Now, you get a front row lockout, you know, you you guys theoretically have the ability to stay in clean air, but you don't do what you need to into turn one. Botas gets hit, which again is no fault of his own, but he still, you know, gets hit. He's a non-factor. Hamilton's stuck behind Max the entire time. Max stretches out in like the first 15 laps of this race, stretches out like an eight second lead that Hamilton never got close to again. Like, he just didn't. Mm, That's true. This is true. Lewis falls even further behind in the Drivers' Championship standings. Mercedes' entire lead, with the exception of that one point they saved with Valtteri Botas pitting twice for soft tires, like, the entire Constructors' Championship standings, like, that lead is gone. That lead is toast. We are dead even in that that regard, basically. Like, this, this is a terrible weekend for Mercedes, Because what they needed to accomplish this weekend just simply didn't happen. And to think that it could have been an even, like, the only reason they had such a good qualifying was not because their car was better. It's because Red Bull was dealing with an issue with their wing. That is it. Yeah, that's true. All right. I mean, you're you're right. So so all this together and the fact that they're going to Interlagos next, which is another high-altitude track, and you're going to have to deal with the same stuff again... I mean, this performance here definitely didn't it, – it, it gave them a terrible setup for next weekend. I'll tell you that right now, um, but we will get into that in a minute. But for this, I am giving them a D. I do not – All right. Like, like, I mean, I get it. It's second no, place. No, you, you are not right. You are right. But you're right. When it comes to the championship, it, I just – I guess I didn't think of – Big, I don't know. I thought a big picture, but not big enough, I suppose. But so, like I already hinted, though, you picked Red Bull to be your first team to talk about. Yeah. Well, what do you have to say? What are your thoughts? It's an A plus. That's my thoughts. Exactly. That's. I mean, that, that that's all I got to say for it. It I is. Mean, like you have Sergio. Okay. You have Max. He's figured it out. He's yeah. figured out the car. Yeah. You you have Max, who's on the podium for the fourth week in a row, second second win in a row. Okay. First driver to win three Mexican Grand Prix. Yeah, first ever driver to do that, you know. So now he stands atop a long list of twos, very noticeable twos as well. And then Sergio, three third places in a row, three podiums in a row. I mean, this is a man that back around Great Britain, back around Hungary, Belgium, like those were three races where Sergio scored zero points and it was looking abysmal for Red Bull because of that. And that's when you said the championship was done and dusted. 
in the constructors. Yeah. That's that's when you said You're that, right. Hunter. Well, because well because at that point in time, yeah, yeah, I Sergio know. had not figured out the car yet. Yeah, and we, as we've learned, he has a completely different. He he's finally said, "Screw Max's setup. Screw anything Max does. I need my own." things here to make this car work and he's worked with his engineers they figured it out and now he's blistering quick he is actually during practice and qualifying at least challenging max obviously during the race max is on a whole nother planet but for one lap shootout qualifying sergio is right there contesting with max now which is beautiful to see yeah i mean they got a first and a third Max stayed ahead of Lewis. Sergio did the rear gunner thing and put Lewis under massive pressure. And I, I was, listen, I am not a, like, you know, I, between Mercedes and Red Bull, like I lean Red Bull, but I'm not a fan of either of them necessarily. There are other teams that I like more. Yeah. Um, but I wanted Sergio to pass Lewis so badly. Oh, I was, I was trying to will it into existence. Oh my god. Just so, for just for Sergio. I wanted to see Sergio win the race. But getting a podium still was awesome to see. So Hunter, I want to do two things. First off, okay. All right. You, you said a little bit of your opinion as well. Really quickly, what is your grade for Red Bull? Oh, it has to be an an A+. It has to be an A+ for how far they dug into the championship. Max now walking away with the championship uh for two weeks in a row. It has to be an A+. Okay. Second, if I may, if I have your permission, Hunter, I would like to make a bold statement. Okay, go ahead. Sergio Perez has 165 yes. points in the Drivers' Championship. Valtteri Botas has 185. My bold statement is that Sergio Perez is going to come in third in the Drivers' standings at the end that of the year. That is mathematically possible. So, that yes, is very I'm math- I mean, It's mathematically possible for Lando Norris to come in third still. Yeah, that is that is also true, but I don't have a lot of faith in Lando. No, no, if, no. If this result happens again in Interlagos this coming weekend with Sergio in third place and Valtteri outside the points, the difference would be five points, and that's basically a one-race shootout. So because of that, I am staking my claim now that ahead of Interlagos, that Sergio Perez is going to come out of this season third place in the driver's standings you know, to back up the incredible performance that he has picked up at the tail end of this season in order to help Red Bull secure the World Constructors Championship. I'm perfectly fine with that statement. I'm perfectly fine with it. I will not even argue. All right. Well, with A pluses all around uh, for Red Bull, what team do you want to talk about next, Hunter? We're going to talk about the new third place in the Constructors team, a Ferrari. Boo, I'm not a fan of this at all. I cannot. The the consistency is finally catching up. The the fact that these two drivers have been so consistent, the the car is finally coming around towards the end of the season. They are now, oh boy, uh, 13 points, 13 and a half points ahead of McLaren. Why are they 13 and a half points ahead of McLaren? Because both of their drivers have 130 points. Charles Leclerc is 138. Carlos Sainz is 130.5. When you're that consistent, it's going to be hard to beat, especially when Lando has 150 and Daniel has 105. And do you want to know what's what's crazy? What is crazy? So uh, the other thing is that Ferrari having Carlos Sainz, Carlos Sainz has, over the past couple of races, uh, eclipsed Lando Norris for longest point finish streak in this season. 
Lando, right. Lando went from the beginning of the season in Bahrain all the way up yes. until Great Britain, scoring in every single one of those races before he yes. retired in that big crash in Hungary. Meanwhile, Carlos Sainz, since the Styrian Grand Prix, Austria Part 1, yes. from then until now, has scored points in every single race. That's phenomenal. Including two podiums. That's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, so this week... Uh, Ferrari got 18 points total as a team. They finished fifth and sixth. I am a little shocked because we saw what Ferrari was last year. It was exciting when it would be a wet race and they would get a little bit of an equal playing field and they could do something again after the whole engine debacle and, and shamefulness. They seem to have built a car again, um, a car good enough at least to be fighting for third in the constructors. We should say that. But yeah, I'm I'm really happy with the with the results of, of Ferrari this week, fifth and sixth. That's I think that's phenomenal. Now, of course, where they started the race, they started in sixth and eighth, so they only progressed. I, I, I have nothing to complain about with Ferrari. So with that being said, I know it's only fifth and sixth, but they did take the constructors third place position. They created a thirteen point gap. I'm giving them an A. I am perfectly fine with you doing that. I am giving them an A minus. I, I mean, the only ding I could really say is that, guys, you're you're driving Ferraris. Even with the engine rollback you had to deal with, you ended up behind Pierre Gasly. Well, By, that well, we're we're gonna get there. We are gonna get there. I know, I know. By a significant margin, if I may, too. I mean, uh, Charles Leclerc was. Uh, uh, I'm doing that's besides the point. Eight, eighteen seconds. I down. will get there. I will. I will get to that okay. specific point. In a bit. Okay. Well, I, I hear you. Okay. All I'm saying is that I got to ding him a little bit. I'm giving him an A minus. It's still a good That's grade, fine. Hunter. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. Um, for, I mean, Ferrari had a, they had a good weekend. And the, like, the thing is, I think you've said this before, Hunter. Okay. Mm -hmm. You complain all the time. Okay. Not to get you mad, but you complain okay, all no, the time ahead. about the playoff system in NASCAR. Oh, it's the worst thing ever. It is the worst. I almost never was going to watch a race so, again last night. There were moments in there were moments in the race in the championship race last night that I was like, if, if Kyle Larson doesn't win this race, I'm never watching NASCAR ever again. So, so here's the difference in okay. stick and ball sports, as you put yes. it, and also in NASCAR, where they have a playoff system and they have a shootout and they have a winner winner take all, you know, winner go home situation. When they do that. Yeah, that allows teams who are not as consistent but have stronger peaks and flashier peaks to mm -hmm. strive. The difference yes. here is that the this that Formula One, it's a season long competition. Yes, the most consistent teams are going to have the more consistent finishes and are going to because of that gain ground that the flashy, you know, hot and cold teams just won't be able to keep up with because of those cold streaks that will inevitably happen. So yes, all credit to Ferrari. I mean, arguably one of the most consistent teams on the grid, you know, I mean, heck, if you just look at their retirements and their finishes outside the points, they have one retirement, one DNS at, at Monaco for Charles Leclerc and four finishes outside the points. That is less finishes without points than Red Bull and Mercedes. They are the most consistent team in F1 right now. And, I mean, as much as it kind of hurts me a little bit that they took third, that's what's going to happen. 
And, you know, I, I can't be mad at them for being good. You know, I, I can only, you know, be bad at McLaren for not being more consistent. That's it. All right. So, speaking of McLaren, I oh, believe you, that's who your next team is. Yeah, yeah. You want me to go off on McLaren? All yeah, right. go ahead. Go ahead. All right. First off, uh, watching qualifying and hearing that four drivers took an engine penalty and Lando Norris was one of them. Ugh, dagger in the heart. That sucked. Um, I will say that first and foremost. Now, Norris, good recovery drive, did end up with points. Not bad. Um, and he, he was there to help Ricardo get as far up the grid as possible, which didn't matter after turn one because Ricardo was too busy knocking his wing off in order to get Valtteri Botas to spin around. I mean, I can't really, like, I can't give Ricardo credit for holding Botas back the entire race because it's not like, like those two teams are fighting against each other, really. They're in two different leagues at this point in the season. It's kind of difficult to give a grade. I mean, the, the best thing that happened was Norris recovering into the points, but it was one point. They scored one point while their main rivals scored, what did you say, 18? 18, yes. Yeah, so it, it just, I mean, how, I mean, that is more of Ricardo's fault that that happened. I mean, part of it is like Botas did kind of like cut like in front of him in the corner and it was three wide and. There was a lot going on because it's turn one. It was one. a racing incident. Yeah, it, it, was, was, a it was a racing incident. incident. Yeah. They were three wide. It was a racing incident. It was a great recovery drive by Lando, but just unfortunate for Ricardo. I'm going to give them a C minus. Okay. That is fair. That is, I think that's honestly, that's what I'd like to give them. They had a lot going for them. It looked like it was going to be a pretty good weekend. It looks like it was going to be a great fight, hopefully, between Ferrari and, and McLaren all race. And unfortunately, that's not how it happened. So, yeah, I mean, Lando got a point. Yeah, C minus, maybe even a D plus. Yeah. That's, that's all I can really, it's very disappointing. Just. Yep, 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 yep. Hunter, who do you want to talk about next? We're going to talk yeah. about the team that you said, well, you know, Ferrari can't be that great because Pierre Gasly. Divided. Pierre Gasly and Alpha Tauri, if they didn't have such crap luck, Honestly, that's it. Not even like Yuki having to learn, Yuki having to, to, to you know, to get acclimated to Formula One, this, that, and the other. Literally just the luck. Just the unbelievable bad luck all season. I wholeheartedly believe that Avatari could be fighting in the realm of top five to, to, to third. Do I believe they would be in third? Not necessarily, unless it was a great season for both drivers. That's something because Yuki's is the first season. But I wholeheartedly believe that AlphaTauri should be at the, at the bare minimum fifth place, realistically being fourth. And that, with that being said, it's because you get races like this where something doesn't go wrong. And Pierre Gasly, I mean, he, well, he qualifies he, fourth yeah, and he finishes fourth. You, you can't. And, and you, no one, no one on. in the midfield can catch him. Hold on, you can't say what? you can't say that this was a race where nothing went wrong for AlphaTauri. One of their drivers no, got I knocked said out for Pierre Gasly. Okay. I said for Pierre Gasly, he qualified fourth. He finished fourth. Something finally didn't go wrong for him. No random uh, tear, down, no like random engine break, no random wing flying off, not getting bumped in by someone. He was the class of the midfield to beat. It showed. I, I mean, I wish that they had better luck all year. But then speaking of the bad luck part, Yuki gets thrown through the air in the first turn. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like, it was looked like it was going to be such a good weekend. But yeah. Regardless. Yeah. It, it it was a good enough weekend because Pierre did get he did get fourth he did score twelve points securing a tie at this point with Alpine for fifth in the constructors. That's big. That is They're really both big. They're at one hundred and six points now. 
But the one thing I will say about AlphaTauri, not necessarily race-related, but just because I was like, you know, let's we're on Formula One's website looking up some stats to, to talk about for, for, the, for the episode today. And I go, oh, wait a minute, let's click on AlphaTauri. And it says, like, all their stats for the season, their career stats as a team. But then it also says official merchandise. I go, oh, up. I would like some AlphaTauri official merchandise. I mean, you realize that AlphaTauri is a clothing brand. like. <laughs> well, listen here. Okay, this is the Formula One website. All right, I understand. I could probably go somewhere else. But from the Formula One website, in U.S. dollars, their team sweatshirt, their team hoodie, would you like to guess how much money it is? $90. $105. Not surprised. It's Formula One, man. Everything's expensive. <laughs> no! Hey, guys. Editor Kyle here. I bought a hoodie that was like $95, and I love it. Don't hate. It's a sweatshirt, come on! Have you, have you, listen, everything... That better be the most comfortable sweatshirt I've ever seen or felt in my life. If it'll last me until I die, and then some. $105? (laughs) I'm just, I just like the idea that you're just like, if I buy this, I'm being buried in it, damn it. I'm being buried in the sweatshirt. Um, Um, Yeah, no, but like, have you seen the TikToks of like people talking about the price of food at the U.S. Grand Prix? No. Like... Literally, like they had a picture of the board. Okay, so mm-hmm. so I'm I'm gonna like I'm gonna list some of the items that were on there. And I gotta I, guess the price. All right, yeah, got yeah. it, got it. A chicken or steak burrito. Uh, eight dollars. Nineteen dollars. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. What? A a half pound of Polish sausage. Come on, it's one sausage. Twelve dollars. $17. Come on, man. What? $17 yeah. for one sausage. I thought I thought paying 10 bucks for a, a tall boy at a basketball game, like an NBA game, is ridiculous. Yeah, I thought that was a ripoff. Jeez. Because yeah. you don't know how good we got it. That's yeah. my that's my little that's my little rant for AlphaTauri. I I I uh like, I like, honestly think they're way better than sixth place. And I think they proved it this weekend. Unfortunately, Yuki got taken out. But yeah, I have to give them because Pierre qualified fourth and held fourth for the whole race, mm-hmm. and Yuki, I mean, he qualified well. It wasn't his best qualifying performance he's ever had. Well, what are you, what are you um, talking about? I got put at the back of the grid. He was one of the fourth the engine penalty. Well, yes, but with qualifying, okay. you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. a difference between starting grid and qualifying. With qualifying, he qualified ninth. He made it into Q3. I, I mean, that's, I think, only the third time he's ever even done that in his Formula 1 career so far. So... It was looking like a great weekend, is what I'm trying to say. I know he's in the back of the grid. I know he got he got his thrown through the air and his, his rear end broke. But I still would like to give them like a B plus. I want to give them an A, but because Yuki got taken out, I just feel like you can't give him an A. So I'm going to give him a B plus. Mr. Mind Reader, I had B plus written down for them as well. So I all agree. right. And I'm so I'm sorry for going such a long tangent about Avatar. I just. <laughs> A hundred and five dollars. I'm getting buried in it. I mean, listen. I'm gonna get married in it. I'm gonna get buried in it. I'm gonna <laughs> every every life every life situation. I'm wearing that thing. I, I can't wait to see you walk your daughter down the aisle wearing an outfit. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Uh, it, yes. I mean, hey, it's your choice. You can either buy that. Uh, you can either buy that sweatshirt with uh, shipping, or you can buy six orders of nachos from the U.S. Grand Prix. Your choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, the last team I want to talk about is going from one alpha to another. I want to talk about Alfa Romeo. 
They're a team that we usually don't have much to say about. They are usually hovering around C. You know, occasionally they get a good result, give them a B, you know, that type of thing. I think at this stage of the competition, they deserve an A- minus for this performance. Um, they got 8th place and 11th place. And, I mean, Antonio Giovinazzi, I don't, I forget where he started. He started 11th on the grid. This man was in 6th. <laughs> after like four turns you're not wrong you're right he wasn't six they did bring i remember that they did bring that up uh that's that's not where he finished though but yes at one point no but like he was like he like he just had a really good opening lap like i mean kimmy mm -hmm. scored points like it's honestly like this is probably the best finish that kimmy's gonna have this season you know for his final season in formula one this is his best yeah, unfortunately be best yeah. finish so for like all of that being considered and everything uh, i think they deserve an a minus for this weekend's performance because you know, being being on the like they were so close to a double points finish for where they are in the constructors for the teams that they were ahead of. That's that's not supposed to happen. So a minus. Fair enough. I will say throughout the race, there were moments where I was like, wow, this is going to be phenomenal for Alfa Romeo. Uh, so I'll, I'll agree with you. I, I think I think that's a fair grade. I think it's a fair grade. All right. Well, we do want to save some time to go over uh, some drivers that will be racing this weekend in Brazil at Interlagos. So let's go through the rest of the teams really quickly and just give them uh, a quick once over with their grades. First off, Hunter Alpine. What grade are you going to give them? Alpine. Uh, not great. Not a great weekend at all for Alpine. They got ninth. I mean, so they scored two points, but then they got 13th. So see, I don't know. I don't. It was kind of a forgot they were racing this weekend. So see. I'm going to give them a C minus. Uh, Aston Martin. Uh, Aston Martin did better. They they got seventh um, and fourteenth. Uh, sorry, I had to think for a second. Especially when they see him on camera on TV, you kind of forget that they're Aston Martin. You go, why is that Rebel or not Rebel? Why is that Mercedes so far back? C C minus C eh, seventh is pretty good for them. Honestly, C. We'll give them a C. I like how every time we talk about them, all you can do is just complain about uh, the livery. That's that's all you well, have. Well, because to. it's bad. It's a bad livery. Nobody thought about it. I, These teams definitely talk to each other before the season and go, hey, what's your like main color theme going to be? And like Mercedes went, okay, guys, we're going to keep the black. Uh, and then Aston Martin went, uh, you know, let's do uh, dark green. Let's do Aston Martin racing green. That's definitely not going to get confusing at all from a TV with the suns on it. It's it's a branding thing, okay? Just leave them alone. Okay. Will, Williams, they came in 16th and 17th. I'm giving them a D plus. Yeah, not the Williams I want to see. D plus. Yeah, definitely. I mean, George was in a good position, but it just didn't pan out uh, at yeah. all. And no. Haas finished with one car in dead last for the cars that finished on track. Exactly what we said would happen. So, I mean, honestly, that's exactly what we said would happen. See? Yeah, I feel like uh, C's across the board. We'll get some drivers of the day finished, uh, you know, as uh, as we wrap up this uh, 2021 Mexico City uh, recap portion of uh, today's episode. I'm giving Perez driver of the day. Hunter, who's your driver? I am of the day? as well. I okay. agree. He he was the real driver and he deserves to be our driver as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a couple of fringe cases for a few other people, but I mean, he like that was the he did what he was supposed to and he had a great home race. Um, mm -hmm. On the other hand, who was your disappointment of the day? I was disappointed for Valtteri. I, I, again, that's not me being disappointed in him, but I was disappointed for him. I don't know. I, I'd say my disappointment was honestly Lando. I'm not necessarily shocked that Daniel finished worse than Lando, but I am kind of shocked that Lando finished 10th. So I'm going to go with my disappointment was Lando. Yeah, I think I'm going to say Russell was my disappointment. He was in a position to do a lot of great things in that race, and he just kind of 
just didn't have it. I don't know if it's the Williams having, you know, a lot of like just more issues with the cooling compared to the other drivers, but it is what it is. Uh, overall, I thought it was a really good race. It had a great storyline of that, you know, Perez, you know, chase down the end. And then, of course, turn one was just a bang of a kickoff. I'm going to give it an A minus. I will. The start was really fun. The whole weekend was fun, honestly. You know what? I agree. I'll give it an A minus. It wasn't my favorite because the, the race, once that first wreck happened, it, it it was a train. You know what I mean? It was just so. Well, there was, yeah. I mean, there was drama with the pit stops and all there, there that were, stuff. There were, there yeah. were, but, but I'm saying at the end of the day, it wasn't like one of the races where it's an absolute dogfight for the lead. You know what I mean? But the with the storylines and with Perez and everything, that's what gives it the A-. minus. I honestly think if Perez wasn't in this race at all, or was just some random other different countryman Red Bull driver, this race would would have been given like a, a C plus, honestly. But because it was Perez and we had the, the fans and the atmosphere and everything, A-. minus. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to go down as one of, like, I I think there's an argument that this could be top five race of the season. I don't know. Is that too for crazy to story, say? For the story and the drama towards the end, I will give it, I'll, I'll let that, I'll let that statement slide. I'll let it, I'll let it, I'll let, it, I'll let you say it. I'll well, let you say that. Well, excuse me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on to a preview of this coming weekend's race in Brazil at Interlagos. Is the... The Formula One Heineken Grande Primero de Sao Paulo 2021. I feel like your uh, Portuguese is a little bit better than your Spanish. I'll, I'll be honest about that. I, I I grew up friends with uh, with Brazilian people. I don't know if that makes any difference. And it definitely was it. I read it no different than I read the Mexican one. But w- all right, I'll take it. Well, the, the Mexican one, you, you tried to do a little, a- a little you, accent. Well, you're right. You're right. Let me tell you what, though. I got to have Brazilian uh, soda pop, Coke, whatever, whatever part of the the country of America and or the world, whatever you like to call your your tasty sweet drinks. I had Brazilian soda pop when I was a child, and I've never been able to drink any other American soda ever since. I mean, it was the greatest tasting thing soda wise I've ever had in my life. It just was. I, I, I don't even know what to, I don't know what they put in it. I can still think about it this day. I get I get excited thinking about it to this day. But anyways, yeah, well, we're not talking about we're not talking about sodas. <laughs> we're talking about Heineken. Well, we do have a lot of people to talk about, and we want to keep it nice and short and brief, so you know we uh, can actually get this episode out before the Grand Prix happens this weekend. So, how about we uh, each pick out three drivers, Hunter, to talk about what we think the expectation for them is this weekend. And I will let you go first. Who do you want to talk right. about on the grid first? Well, you talked about Red Bull for last week, so I think it's only fair that we flip-flop it. I'll talk about Red Bull for next week. All right, so I'm going to start with Max Verstappen. He's the current driver's points leader. He, and the help of Sergio now, have, have gotten the team to within one point for the constructors, as we've already discussed. So with this race coming up, it's definitely more of a Mercedes track, I think. In years past, I should say. So I think it's going to be a taller order for them to to dominate, let alone potentially even win. So I'm setting a realistic goal. I'm not going to set a. I'm not going to set a Max Verstappen at the bare minimum second place. My goal for Max. I, I want him to win. I want to see this title fight battle throughout the end. But realistically, we don't know what's going to happen, and Lewis might just come out firing and mercedes has the perfect car for this track so we'll see uh we're gonna get to find out in a few days and that's the best part so yeah I, i'm gonna go second place is what i think actually might happen for max verstappen i don't know if he'll win this one 
I think he has a good chance to win this one because the first driver I want to talk about is Lewis Hamilton. I mean, All right. you know, if you're going to talk about our, our championship, you know, or one of our championship protagonists, I should say, I'll talk about the other one. And for Lewis Hamilton, I mean, compared to the quality that you see Lewis have at other tracks, like Hungary, for example, where he just owns the track, like he just has his name stapled to the goddamn track. It's completely different here in Brazil, because, I mean, if you look at the turbo hybrid era, Mercedes has won at this track four times, but half of those times are Nico Rosberg. Half of them are not Lewis Hamilton. And in the last four races at this track, so 2016, 17, 18, and 19, Lewis Hamilton has won twice, but Sebastian Vettel has also won in a Ferrari in 2017, and Max Verstappen has won last time we were here in 2019. I mean, Sao Paulo, it's another place that's pretty high in altitude. They kind of mentioned this a little bit in the Mexico City Grand Prix broadcast. Um, so conditions are going to be kind of similar to what's going on in Mexico City. And I mean, if you look at the track, I mean, there obviously is a lot of like slow medium corners throughout the middle section of it. But I mean, once you get through turns like 12, you know, your foot's on the floor all the way until just about turn four, with the exception of the braking zone in one and two. So, I mean, the fact that you just got a, a really good fast car out of Max Verstappen, and despite some of the upgrades that we saw in, like, the U.S. Grand Prix, still wasn't enough for Mercedes to call it back. I think Max could just very easily take this, and I think this past weekend was a preview of what's still to come in Brazil. That's all fair. I'm just saying I think I'm just saying I'm not going to be shocked. I'll put it that way. If Max does only get second place this week, I think there's a higher chance that Max Verstappen has either a colossal pit issue or an accident than him coming in second solely on race pace. All right. I'll be completely honest with that one. And that's that's fair. It's your opinion. I just it's the whole point of our show is to talk about our opinions. Well, of, but, of course, of course. Just... <laughs> but but of course. Uh, but yeah. All right. Well, I know you said you want to talk about Red Bull. Does that mean Sergio's up next? Yes, uh, I'm going to talk about Sergio next. I think he is. While I was a bit of a uh, a pessimistic, uh, not very hopeful, maybe I, I don't know. To not try to get my hopes up too high for Max, I'm I'm shooting for the moon with Sergio, which doesn't necessarily make any sense, but. I honestly think that with the momentum he has built over the last couple races, uh, the the confidence he seems to have, have built with the car and, and, and the speed he can go with it, um, his race pace improving. When it, when Max is in the zone, he's still obviously during the race pace, can't catch him. But he was right there with Lewis when Lewis didn't have uh, a dominant car, you know what I mean? So I honestly think that if this weekend Red Bull brings a perfect car out of the box again and, and they absolutely stomp on Mercedes' race pace, I honestly think that with the momentum Sergio has built, he is going to get at the least, at the least, I'm saying, second place. Okay, fair so. enough. So, well, how does that work with your, your prediction about Max? <laughs> Are you predicting well, a Red Bull 1-2, or do you think it's realistic? No, I, I don't know if it's realistic, because we're going to see. But what, I'm, what, I, what I was trying to say was, I'm not going to be shocked if Max doesn't win. So I'm like trying to be more like, because he's like he's really fighting for the title. You know what I mean, Sergio, he, he's mathematically out of the title. He can still help the team uh, get the Constructors title, don't get me wrong. But just the amount, of, the amount of confidence he seems to have been building over the past couple races, I wouldn't be shocked, is what I'm saying, is if he somehow wins the race. 
that's that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know if it makes any sense mentally to Interesting. anyone. Um, it, I don't even know if it makes any sense mentally to myself, but I'm saying it and we're sticking with it. All right. Well, I mean, you know, not much not much more I could add to that, I suppose. So you, you definitely are are optimistic on Sergio's chances and you're slightly pe- pessimistic on Max's because, you know, you could see like, you know, with how his- he has to be safer. That's how I'll put yeah. it. That's how I'll put it. Max has to be safer. Even though we all know Max Verstappen is not a – nothing he does is safe. Everything he does is, is all is full throttle. You know what I mean? But Sergio could put his nose somewhere Max shouldn't. I'll put it that way. Got you. All right. Well, I mean, that's actually a really fair assessment. I will give you credit on that one. There's also the argument that Sergio shouldn't be doing anything, like, risky because – Well, yeah, because he should be the, running for the championship yeah. for the instructors. But still, it, it is what it is. A boy can dream. Well, I want to talk about Carlos Sainz really quick. So let's get down to some of the guys who are fighting, you know, in the in the midfield a little bit. Carlos Sainz, as we okay. talked about, um, one of the most consistent drivers on the grid uh, at this point. He is the uh, well, he has an active streak right now. The longest um, the longest active active streak right now of points finishes in Formula One dating all the way back to the steering Grand Prix this season. And I don't see. I honestly don't see that uh, that ending in uh, Interlagos. Maybe I just put the commentator's curse on him and he's going to have some... I hope you didn't because I don't see it ending either. But yeah. I know you did it on purpose because you want McLaren to do better than him. I, I am a McLaren fan, but I can't doubt that both uh, Charles and Carlos have been doing an amazing job. And honestly, I think, yeah. I think Carlos has been doing a little bit better job. But, you know, that's just that's my opinion. He's a little bit behind in points, but I think he, do, he just does better like race-wise. He just gets better racecraft. Sorry, okay. Charles fans out there, but it is what it is. Carlos uh, did not do well. Uh, in a McLaren, he uh, did not qualify at all. He didn't set a time in Q1. Uh, but despite that, he, he wasn't on the podium technically because Lewis Hamilton received a penalty that knocked him off the podium. But Carlos Sainz in the end got third place. So, I mean, it's a track that he's had success in. And he's having it in a more consistent car. It's going to give him more opportunities to do what he needs to do. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think Carlos could be in for another good weekend. Like I said, he's had more podiums than uh, Charles Leclerc. And I think that he could be live for another one here if things get a little hairy between Lewis and Max. So I know I'm really high on Carlos Sainz for this race. Uh, You might be high on the next driver that you want to talk about, which I think from what you said uh, before we started recording was Pierre Gasly, who was also on the podium in 2019. Yes, I fully believe that if Lady Luck does not play her horrible harp, that Pierre Gasly will. Are you ready for this? Are you absolutely ready for this? No. But Stand on the podium. Ooh. So, okay. So, you think Gasly's live for the podium. I think Carlos is live for the podium. I think it's a Red podium. Bull lockout. I think it's a Red Bull lockout. What? Yes. I'm going to I'm gonna put my $1 bet on this million-dollar payout. It's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be Red Bull, Red Bull, Alpha Tauri. Wow, that would be incredible if it happened. I do not think it won't happen, I, but I, it's what I'm saying is going to happen. Pierre, Pierre Gasly on the podium, no offense, is not realistic. Carlos Sainz squeaking out a podium is realistic. It's happened this what season. What are you talking about? 
What you? What? Well, how can you? How can you possibly say after last race, Pierre absolutely mopped the floor with Fiat, with Ferrari, and you've been talking about, oh, you know, it's the high elevation again. The Red Bulls are quick. Oh, yada yada yada. And you're gonna say, oh, Carlos Sainz, he could theoretically steal a podium, but Pierre Gasly never. Okay, you know what? I think I think I'm done with you. <laughs> uh, well, uh, at the very least, I mean, we talked about two drivers who managed to uh, get a podium finish at uh, this yes. race in 2019. Next driver yes. I have to talk about uh, wasn't even on the grid. All right, <laughs> it's a complete Let's 180. Talk about it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about Espen Ocon because man, we we talked about like hot streaks and cold streaks with this man, and you know he signed that big contract extension. Then went on a cold streak, Azerbaijan retirement, 14th in, in France, uh, 14th in a retirement in Austria for those two races. But then he kind of got back to his pace, you know, ninth place in Great Britain. He won the Hungarian Grand Prix, points finishes in Spa, the Netherlands, and Italy. Like, that was pretty good. But now I mean, es- That was phenomenal for him. Yeah, but, I- but, but now, Esteban Ocon, one point in the last four races. Yeah, um, that's not been phenomenal for him. No, it's it's been really bad. I think... Uh, I mean, we, we talk about we. I mean, we had that conversation about consistency um, versus you know hot streaks and cold streaks. Akon really needs to like find a level of consistency here because, I mean, it, he's back to just being a little bit outshone by Fernando Alonso, who's been more consistently in the points. And I mean, like the only saving grace is that over the last four races, Fernando's also had some bad luck, had a retirement, um, ended up in sixteenth in Turkey. So. I think Alcon really needs to kind of step it up on the back half of the season. Uh, does the Alpine have the ability to do well this coming weekend? I mean, look at the Mexico City results. I mean, Fernando made it work, but Esteban wasn't around. So there is the potential there that he could have a rough one. But I think I think really like a realistic goal for Alcon is definitely getting a uh, multi-points finish. I don't think 10th place is good enough. I think he needs to do what Fernando has been doing. Uh, semi recently and kind of kind of pick up like you know an eighth a sixth you know I mean he got ninth in Mexico not the greatest but still way better than what Akon has been doing um so he needs to uh I, I think he needs to get back to that form I I completely agree with you he he definitely needs to get back to that that confidence of knowing that he's with this team for a while form that he had uh, right after that contract um well. It, right after that contract, he went on a cold streak. So I don't know if that's the form he wants to get okay, back well, to. Well, uh, okay. Then right but, before he got it, he, the, the the confidence he had to get him the contract that he then went, oh well, I'm here for a while. Let's let's just slack let off. Me, no, let um, me let me summarize it this way. I think that if Alpine ends up in sixth in the constructors' championship standings, um, it is going to be pretty much solely on the shoulders of Esteban Ocon. Um, even with how poorly Yuki has done in his debut, he's still a rookie and, you know, you can't have super high expectations for him. Um, so because of that, I think it's going to come down to whether or not Akon can get things in order. If he does, Alpine can get fifth in the constructor standings. If not, then Alpha Tower is going to get is going to get that fifth place. You know. I honestly think I know I know we, we only said three drivers, but just because you brought up Yuki and also but Fernando, I think Fernando's going to keep the form he's had. Right. Uh, he's going to score some points when he can when 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 Lady Luck's on his side. Esteban's one that needs to step it up. But at the exact same time, assuming that Pierre doesn't get get the short stick of any situation. Yuki has honestly been turning it on the last couple of races. He's been turning it on way more, I should say, than Esteban has. So. It might be even if both of them 
start performing better, AlphaTauri simply is just going to walk away with fifth place now that they've tied for it because they have, in all honesty, a better car this year. Okay. Okay. I, I, I see where you're getting up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we will see how it like breaks down the stretch. I think it's mainly on Alcon's shoulders. That's just where I think it's going to be because he's the one who's kind of yo-yoing they, the most yes, out of all the they, drivers. If they win or lose, I, I completely agree with you. It's pretty much all in Esteban right now because he is he's the anchor of the team right now. He is what's weighing them down. Well, he, he's, he's just the least consistent out of the four drivers across those two teams. I yeah. think that's just how it is at the moment. Well, that is a preview of some of the drivers. We can't quite get to all of them because, of course, you know, we we do want to uh, get this out in time for the weekend. But we will see how the 2021 Brazilian Grand Prix, also known as the Hunter, if you could, please. The Formula One Heineken Grande Primero de Sao Paulo 2021. Thank you. And we will see if the results mimic uh, when we were last year in 2019, because you know, crazy podium, a Red Bull, a Toro Rosso, and a McLaren on the podium. Kind of crazy. That would be crazy to see here. Also, Hunter, if you uh, also, if you didn't remember in that race, uh, Alfa Romeo ended fifth and uh, fourth and fifth in that race. We'll with, see. We'll see what with, happens with both Kim, it, with both Kimi and Giovinazzi, like they currently yes, have uh, now. So uh, it, it it was it was a crazy race last time we were here. So I'm really hoping it, it performs as well as it did last time, and it puts on the drama that we got to see. Yeah. Well, uh, as we tuck into another great race weekend, make sure to send any questions, comments, or discussion to our mailbag uh, off the pit wall at gmail.com. And yeah, we hope to share them on the show. Hunter, anything you got to say before we go? Other than this is one of my favorite tracks of the year. I cannot wait to watch it. I hope I get to tell you all that it was an A plus of a race next time we talk to you. All right. Well, after that, Hunter now put a DRS train on the on this track for the year. It was the worst race I've ever seen. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys next week to recap the Brazilian Grand Prix and to preview the next race on the calendar, which is Qatar. But for now, my name's Dan Zaleski. I'm Hunter Connolly. And you've been listening to Off the Pit Wall, an American F1 podcast. Off the Pitwall is produced by Dan Zaleski with Hunter Connolly and Kalen Wolfskill. Edited by Kyle Kratzer. A Ruby Media Production. <laughs>